Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and today we have a wonderful, wonderful guest that is going to share really how to organize and scale your business. You're going to really like this episode. We go through a lot of like tactical stuff and really just the things that I think we go through as entrepreneurs that it's sometimes chaos. You know, I think when we look at our businesses internally, I'm going to tell you right now, most of us, we're a mess. It's hard to sometimes vocalize that and say it, but the truth is we're probably a little bit a mess if we're truthful with ourselves. And we're going to talk about how that's okay. Our guest is Stacey Gray. She has an amazing story and it really is. She's a rock star and I'm really, she's helping businesses organize, grow, get better, optimize. It really is such a neat thing that she's been able to achieve, not with her own business, but to radiate out and to share with a lot other, a lot bigger audience. I think you're going to really like this. But before we get into that, a word from our sponsors. Hey everyone, 2023 is the year where new millionaires are made and it's time to take action. A lot of things have changed in multifamily and you need to know what is working now. You must learn how to raise cheap capital correctly. You need the systems to unlock unlimited deal flow and you need a support team to guide you along the way. So guess what? The Kahuna boardroom is now open. We only have space for about 60 people. And I'm telling you, this event is next level. We do it right. We do it well. And I will teach you. I will give you everything that I've learned. Now, I only have space for 60 people. And this is really the course that will get you there. So it's three days of live training, a full home study course, our trusted cash flow calculator, to underwrite your deals. And if you enroll now, I'll include five bonus training sessions building up to the live event. So listen, do not waste a single minute. Go to the Kahuna boardroom. I've just lowered the price to $997 for, this is a Valentine's special, my friends. Only 60 people get to attend this event. You want that to be you. So go to kahunaboardroom.com and register today. You will not be disappointed, my friend. All right, we're back. So again, this show is really, really good. I really enjoyed recording it. I'm just going to tell you, Stacy is just a sweetheart. She has great energy. She really has a vision. And it's not just a small one. It's a world vision, guys. And that type of vision is impactful. It, it is seated in the right way. And I'm telling you, she's on a mission to help small businesses and businesses grow and become extraordinary. So with that said, let's get to it. Hey, Stacy, welcome to the show. So great to be here with you. I am so excited about this episode. One of the things that I realize in business, when I see successful businesses, like when I say success, I mean the owner is not working nine to five. He actually runs and owns a business. That all happens, I think, when there's organization and systems in place. And we're going to talk a lot about that. But before we get to that, though, I would love for you to tell the audience like who Stacy is and a little bit of your backstory. Yeah. So I was actually raised in a very entrepreneurial home. I graduated high school at 16 and my father didn't want me to go off to college. So he had a very successful, still does, 
business teaching people how to invest in real estate and mentoring them. And he said, come work for me. And if in two years you'll be 18 and you want to go off to college, you can, but, and you'll be the same age as everybody. So you won't miss out on anything. But if you experience some success in the next two years, then maybe consider not going to college. And so when I graduated at 16, I started answering the phones for him and his business. And probably within six months, maybe less, I was like, I do not want to do this anymore. I don't like answering the phones. And so one of the greatest gifts he gave me was he said, okay, that's fine. You don't have to answer the phones. And he handed me a copy of Emeth by Michael Gerber. And he said, you can get out of answering the phones if you hire and train your replacement. So I was like reading Emeth. I'm like, okay, I can create processes and procedures and standard operating procedures and get it all dialed and then hire and train my replacement. And then I realized, oh, I have to lead and manage this person and have like accountability structures and KPIs and scorecards. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. So then I was like, I'll read all the leadership books, John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, traction, scaling up, and just studied ferociously so that I could get all of the systems, processes, leadership, and management in place. And eventually, I didn't go to college. I bought my first property at 18 and then continued to up-level in business and ended up becoming the president of all of our family brand businesses. And then full circle, I actually exited our family brands and started developing my own businesses. And then my mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer in about 2014. My dad called and said, hey, can you come run all the family brands again? Because mom now has cancer and we need to spend time with her. I said, well, yes, of course I'll do it. But I want to create systems and structures because I want freedom as well from being in the day to day. And I didn't know it at the time, but what I actually was creating is organized to scale But it was the freedom and the thing that was so amazing about that was we created the processes and we created the procedure or put the people in place, but we actually were more profitable and we grew when we slowed down to put the infrastructure in place. And we were, my mother passed in December of 2019. We were there. We spent the last 18 months of her life with her barely working. I mean, we were working, but barely working. And so we had that freedom. And then when we came back after she passed, the existing businesses were already doing so well that we decided to launch more businesses as entrepreneurs do. (laughs) Well, it really is because I love the whole journey because I think a lot of people don't understand that it is a trial by fire sometimes, right? Like you learn so much by just getting in the trenches and and getting dirty. Like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, geez, that was a mess. We need to get organized. And you start learning that's the system. And then coming from someone that's already successful to be fiercely independent as well, saying, I want my brand. Like, I know you got yours and I'm glad to be a part of it, but I want my thing, right? And I find even with my kids, I start seeing them. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, dad, I don't want to be in your business. I really want to create my own. I want to be under that umbrella per se, right? I love that about your stories, just perseverance of doing that. And then coming back, right? So, when you really started putting it all together, where you had that time freedom, let's unpack that a little bit. Like, what does that mean exactly? How do you organize to scale? Like, where does all that start, right? Because I think most entrepreneurs are like me. When they first start out, they have like 20 different hats. And honestly, one hat's really all they're good at. And so we're juggling stuff. And it's usually, and as a visionary, most yeah. business owners that I know, I think are visionaries, right? They're really good at ideas but they're really not good at details. Yep. Well, I'm no different. We're no different. 
So we do it at Organize to Scale in a three-step process. The first, and your audience will appreciate this because it's really relatable to real estate. Step one is architect. And that's where the visionary, like you were saying, you're the visionary, the visionary and a design team get together and they architect the business and they create the business blueprint. This is how we want the business to run. This is what we want it to do. Then that blueprint gets handed to a build team. And the build team is like your general contractor in real estate. And they go assemble all of the tools and contractors and people that you need to build the essential infrastructure that you need in order to operate your business. And after it's built, it moves into the operate phase. And the operate phase is where you plug in the people to maintain and run the day-to-day. And in real estate, it's a tenant and probably a property manager. Inside of the business, it's your administrative team, it's your recurring items, they all get plugged in. What we have done in business and so many entrepreneurs do is we hire people who are tenants or operate minded and ask them to architect or build. And they're not qualified to do it. And then they're discouraged. They feel demotivated. They feel unqualified. And then they kind of just throw up their arms and don't even try or they just try to keep the bare minimum done and then the whole operation ends up being reactive versus proactive and there's massive operational chaos. The visionary feels like they have an expensive payroll but nothing's actually getting done. It's like a fire drill every day, right? And all they're doing is putting out fires, fires, fires and you're like, what? I thought we were trying to get organized and all this stuff but it's like we're not. Yes, and it isn't necessarily those tenants fault, but they're just not qualified and they didn't have the blueprint and the infrastructure wasn't built. So they're trying to execute, say, an email marketing campaign or sourcing or vetting a deal, but the structure and resources to actually get those things done aren't there. So you have to kind of step back and do that. But when you're in the architect phase, going to your point of wearing all the hats all the time and not really being qualified to do it, every visionary has their sweet spot as well. So in the architect phase, and you're really designing a business around the lifestyle you want, in addition to the service you want to provide to the marketplace. And you got to figure out your sweet spot. So what is it that energizes you, motivates you, you're uniquely qualified to do, and it gives the biggest bang for the buck for your time and impact on the company? Yes. Well, and you just said something that really spiked my ear is like the lifestyle that you want. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is a very, that's a big, big item because most people if they really ask themselves, and this doesn't have to be just real estate guys, I think it's almost a lot of owners or business owners in general, they get into this idea of I'm going to run my own business and then they get buried because they never built it to work around the lifestyle that they really wanted. Mm-hmm. And because they weren't cognitive of it from the very beginning and said, here's what I want to do. I want to have these days off and work these hours. Yeah. This is how I want to run it. If that's not your focus then it's going to default to you workaholic. Right. Well, I think there's two parts. One is what you just said. There's not a pre-established boundaries around what you will and will not do in the lifestyle you want. The second part is a lot of the visionary entrepreneurs that I know are massively passionate about their work. They love it. Yes. They're obsessed with it. They eat, drink, sleep it. They wake up like, oh my gosh, I just got this new idea. I want to go execute. So part of it is just the fire in us naturally that we just love what we're doing so much. And so it's like, okay, how can you put boundaries around this fireball of passion that you have and then 
put the systems and infrastructure underneath so that you actually can be that fireball of passion, but you're not doing any of the things that really aren't a fit for you so yes. that it does create the lifestyle you want. That's working in your genius zone. It really is say, hey, these are the things that really drive me and I like it. And for me, like I love the ideas. I don't want to necessarily do the operations behind the ideas. I want someone else to take that vision and be like, okay, were these three things out of the five is good. I can get that and make it work. You're like, okay, and here's how we're going we're gonna to do X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to figure out X, Y, Z. I just want to be like, here's the vision, and yeah. we want to get here. Someone yeah. else has to build the bridge, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you're talking about the architect is the first or the blueprint, right? right? And then your build team, in my mind, I'm thinking that's like an integrator or someone that's going to help you mm-hmm. touch base with that. Yep. The integrator is the person that can translate the vision. So the visionary really can see the front of the puzzle box in color done. That's as probably as far as a visionary gets. They're like, I know what I want. This is what the puzzle box looks like. And then you dump out all the puzzle pieces and the visionary is like, I'm out. Like, I'm not. (laughs) That's a great analogy. (laughs) Putting it together. Lord, help me. What have I done? Yeah. But an integrator or a builder, a build mentality person has the discipline and the patience and the scope and sequence in their mind to be like, okay, well, the corners need to be like this. And then the center would be like this. And then we can fill in the rest. And that's what a great integrator does. And then they put people in place. I mean, the puzzle example ends here because you can't put people in place to manage your puzzle. But then you put people in place to operate the day-to-day. The integrator is very logical. They think in scope and sequence. They can push back on a visionary who wants everything done yesterday and can say, hey, that's a great idea. We'll put it on the parking lot for a future discussion, but we've got to stay disciplined to the scope and sequence to lay the foundation first. Yes, that's a big piece. The integrator has to be able to push back Mm -hmm. because as most visionaries, they are demanding, we want it done now, tomorrow, yesterday is not fast enough, right? You want to see instant results of this thing that you saw. And, but reality is sometimes it's not the greatest idea or it'll take time because you got step two and three that you said to get done before you even get to step four, which is like launch. Right. Right. And then often as visionaries, we short circuit the process because we'll push harder than the integrator wants to go. And then things that weren't ready start breaking down. And then it's like, okay, now I got to slow down even more because of it. So getting in the scope and sequence and having that healthy tension in the visionary integrator relationship is really important. What do you think most business owners fail first? Like where is their biggest disconnect where they break things, where they really break down? I think it depends on the visionary. So a visionary who is maybe a little bit more analytical in nature, they may overanalyze and it breaks down because they don't move fast enough. But then you have the really successful visionaries are the ones that I think move really quickly. And it breaks down in terms of team capacity. So people get so overwhelmed and bogged down by the volume and there wasn't enough infrastructure established that it just keeps layering, layering, layering on. And then it's like people just melt. Yes. And then the visionary feels like, oh, no, I've got to step back in and fix this. But I just have a stampede of the front end. So I actually just did this, I feel like, right? So like, (laughs) oh, yeah, this is me. So we were having issues with our property manager, right? And so we decided, you know what? We're going to let him go, right? I'm going to create my own management company. And so I get my three heads, you know, like my integrator and my controller. And I'm like, here's what we're going to do. And they're like, 
okay, all right. I'm like, we got 30 days to do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> My management company fired me, and which was great because we were micromanaging. We pissed them off so much, they finally just gave me notice. So I'm like, we don't have a choice now. We're on the clock. We got to go. And so it's like, here we go. And there was a point there, I remember it really vividly, where it was like, I could tell they were looking maybe like, this may not be, I'm out, right? Yeah. And it was like, oh my God. So it was happening real live for me. And I was like, oh God, we didn't have enough people or structure or staff. Right. And yet I was trying to interview, interview, interview. But now once I got some quality people hired, right? My controller was like, dude, you need another staff account. We need accounts payable. And we need not just new people. We need good people. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I'm going to fail, right? Yeah. She was just overwhelmed with like, no, I can't do it all, Corey. I'm not God, right? I can't met. So I experienced that firsthand, Stacey. And I was like, oh God, you know, I was handed a deal. And I'm like, okay, we're shifting. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh God, we just, whoa, hold on. Right. Looking back through it, I wish it's like, okay, we should have just, I mean, we knew it was coming because we were pushing pretty hard. Yeah. We should have got ready for staff. We should have started staffing earlier. It's kind of that milk and cereal thing though. It's like, okay, I need to do it, but I don't have the cash flow. Like you're kind of just teetering. So well, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was like, okay, how do I pay for them? Because yeah. I can't pay for it until I take over the management company. Right. Then I get that. It's another revenue stream that I can afford these people. So I'm like, I'm in a yin and yang. I'm like, oh God, yeah. how do we put it all together? Uh, one solution that we have found that has worked for that is project-based help. So you don't feel like you're stacking your payroll or your bench with a bunch of recurring expenses, but you have project-based help to pull in. That can help. I just have to applaud your controller or your integrator who was like, came to you first and also just your relationship with them. They came to you first and said, hey, I'm going to drop balls if we don't get some help. You have a very great relationship, like open door relationship. That's awesome. Hey, everybody, I just wanted to remind you, the Kahuna boardroom is open and it's live. And I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, anybody that's attended this event, I'm telling you right now that they have been blown away. And the reason for that is, you know how you go to most events and there's a bunch of selling and this, you need that, you need my next course, you need all this other upsell stuff. Like the event that you go to is really not the one that you really need. That's not this. I spend three days teaching you everything that I know. I give you all my forms, all my stuff. And most importantly, if (laughs) I introduce you, I give you my credibility kit. In other words, we make one for you guys. But because I put myself as your partner, I get to include all my properties in your credibility kit with your branding, your colors. I don't know who else does that, but I'm telling you just for that alone, it is worth the $9.97 just to get in. So if you're looking to change your life in 2023 and really level up, I highly recommend that you go to kahunaboardroom.com and register now. April 27th through the 29th is when the event starts. So when is the Kuna Boardroom? It's April 27th through the 29th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Guys, you will not want to miss the event. The weather's going to be great. It's going to be a wonderful time. And I would love, love to see you there. Yeah. Well, and they were honest. We had a couple sessions, right, where we were just talking. (laughs) And for me, one of my biggest things is I like to have, I check in with my two heads, like my controller and my integrator every morning, right? So like, and I can tell, like you sometimes got to read the scope of the language. Like when the language is they're shutting down, they're not talking. I'm like, okay, talk to me. Yeah. What's going on, right? And I can just tell. So then once I let gave her the, go ahead, let me have it, right? (laughs) And here it comes. Like, oh, This was way worse than I thought. I got to solve this quick. But it was funny. I think 
also too, and visionaries and, and team building, I think this is what I've learned from that whole spot is if you really hire great people, they went to hell and back with me, right? Pretty proud of that moment. Yeah. And then we're all looking at each other. We're like, we did it. Yeah. We just did it, right? We're starting to get a little calm. We're like, okay, we got some more people. We actually have more staff now than we thought. It's actually getting a little bit more calmer. We're like, we see, gosh dang, that was good. Right. Yeah. But the thing that is so beautiful, I say that teams are forged in crisis. You were in a crisis and your team came together. Yeah. That needs to happen. It happens in military all the time. When you're in the trenches, you know your brother's got your back. In business, it's the same thing. And sometimes we miss the opportunity as leaders to leverage the crisis to bond. Instead, we can be like, well, so-and-so didn't do this or point fingers. But when we don't do that and we say, look at the crisis as an opportunity to get stronger as a team and really lean in with that mentality and that energy and those questionings and those conversations, it makes you stronger. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did, which is amazing. Yeah, it was with a lot of patience, a lot of love and just and mm-hmm. a lot of listening too on my part. Of the, I had to do a lot of listening. I had to eat a little bit crow too. I was like, hey, you know what? I screwed up. We should have done this. There's some certain steps that maybe the sequence wasn't exactly right, but at the end of the day, it was a great experience for us and learning, okay, so we want to be able to plan for growth. Now, that one was kind of not, we couldn't help it, but it is what it was. It was a grenade. Yeah. But we learned a lot from each other on that, mm-hmm. right? Now, when you look at businesses, I'm sure when someone says, hey, Stacy, I want to organize the scale, right? I got to assume that most companies, when you first look through the door, you're like, yep, that is chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Right? How do they get comfortable with that? What do you tell those types of people? Well, it's normal. So I think you have to normalize business is messy. Growth is messy. Even if you have read all of the books, have all of the systems and tools in place, it's still messy. You're dealing with humans. You're dealing with economic changes that sometimes you can and cannot control or influence. It's just messy. We try to say it's supposed to be perfect and you have your ducks in a row and everything's going to be smooth sailing for the rest of your life. Then that's an unrealistic expectation. The businesses that I look behind the curtain and I'm like, okay, yeah, we have some operational chaos. But the good thing is, is you proof of concept. You have sales, you have a viable product, you have something people want, and you're passionate about it. You have the makings of a great business. You have the bones of it, just like a house. If you were to go in and rehab a house, you could look at one and be like, okay, this one, no salvaging it, not even worth it, tear down. Then there's the, oh, actually, you know what? Plumbing's still good. I need to rip out the carpet, do a little adjustments, do a little tweaks, get it, raise the rent, get a better tenant in. It's the same thing in business. Yeah. And it's normal. I think also too, as a visionary, there's a lot of growth the visionary has to go through. I'm going through another iteration of growth right now. And as visionaries are culture creators and culture drives behaviors. And so if you're not happy with the behavior that's happening in your company, it's often a reflection of the culture that was created, that was created by the visionary. Yes. And the visionary often needs to look in the mirror. And that's the hardest shift sometimes that we have to make with our visionaries is they think it's about just the systems and just the people and just the processes. And there's an element of that, but even the best system, the best people and the best processes with a undisciplined, maverick, challenging visionary, eventually all of those processes, systems, and people are going to degrade. I 1000%, I'm a maverick as well in my PI. So (laughs) I know this, right? No, but I will tell you, I believe culture is one of the biggest 
things you can do as a leader. There's a book called CEO Does Three Things by Trey Taylor, I think it is. Okay. He's like culture, people, and numbers. Those are the three things a CEO should focus on. But to my previous point though, Stacey, I just know there's a lot of my friends that are successful. I mean, I'll call them very successful real estate operators, right? Mm -hmm. But the reason they won't get help is they don't want anybody to know. And I think that's just a tragedy because they're already doing well, but they are so afraid that someone's going to see their dirty mess behind door number two. And the truth is we're all some sort of messy. We have a closet somewhere that's bad, right? And don't let that like stop you from seeking and getting help because your business will thrive when you get people like Stacy to come in and look at it and clean your house, clean it Mm -hmm. up. And the biggest part is sometimes you got to pull it all out before you can get it, before you get to put it back together again. Right. And people like us want to make you look good. So we have confidentiality on our side. We don't share what we you see behind the under the hood or behind the scenes. Yeah. But I understand that like when people are starting their businesses and it's their pride and joy and they're passionate about it and they feel like it's a reflection of who they are, it's an element of incongruency. They feel like they've put on this presentation of what's happening, but behind the scenes, it's not exactly what they're advertising. So there's an element of imposter syndrome. But that is also very, very normal when you scale. You go through different versions yeah. of yourself. You got to see it and believe it before you have it, right? Yeah. That's just part of what it is. Yes. As business owners, that's what we do. We manifest our success. We may not be there yet, but we know that's where we're going. And so I think for everybody that's listening right now, I want to make sure that you guys understand that you may need help. Your closets are probably dirty, but that's okay. It is actually normal. Yeah. But every time I've talked to someone like Stacy or someone come into my business like Stacy, I have grown almost like a 10x, right? I mean, we started off when we first had like, we had a traction integrator came into our business, right? It was like, okay, well, we'll just write down, we wrote down all of the chaos yeah. and we're looking around the room. We're like, oh gosh, like that's bad. Yeah. And then the next year he came over and he was like, wow, even the way we were communicating as a team, yeah. Stacy, yeah. it was bad. We're just like, F you, F that, right? It was, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> it was like, Shelly was my biggest two Mavericks. Me and my wife were going at it. When we were going at it, it was like going <laughs> cowering. And it was very interesting. And then in the next meeting, we finally had found our roles and kind of separated our silos a little bit. Yeah. And it was much, it was pleasant. It was a lot pleasanter. Yeah. We still like to take off the gloves every once in a while, though. So Shelly's your integrator? No, Shelly's oh. not. Shelly is my wife. Yes, that, I know that. So I thought she was and, also your integrator. No. no. Oh, no. Okay. No way. No way. They would never work. I Shelly, thought that was brave. The best way I describe my wife is she's not full-time, she's not part-time, but she's sometimes, <laughs> right? But And the sometimes part is what's very chaotic Yeah. because when she turns on, she turns on hard, mm-hmm. right? But then she's like, all right, well, now I got to go home and I got you know social and I got this, 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 and this, and this, yeah. right? So as a company, we're all sometimes just like really disruptive. Mm-hmm. And so even though I love my wife and she is amazing, she's very amazing in things yes. that she does. When she activates... It's beyond reproach, right? But we've also said, what's her best role? She is my biggest cheerleader and promoter. So we said, okay, but her attention, she's a maverick as well. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way that she could be an integrator because she won't do the detailed stuff to get done. So we actually hired, her name's Candy, but she is our COO. Yeah. And that's what she does. And we both agreed that that was the right person. Like we both interviewed and said, yep, that's the one. Yeah. 
And your wife is awesome. She can dance. She can sing. She can. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And we've had to learn this. This is our biggest struggle is to learn how to be in business together, both being mavericks, both being very strong, like have our ideas, yeah. how it should be ran. And honestly, I wouldn't call it a backseat. I would say she's right next to me. She's my partner. She's side by side and she wants to be, she's doing her own podcast. She's doing, but when she stays in that role, she's great. But like sometimes she'll start trying to go in the operations side. We're like, pull back. No, 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 no. You don't get to go there, right? I don't even get to go there. Yeah. Because I blow it up too every time. When my integrator's in there, she does well. She plays well with everybody. Yeah. Shelly and I, we break stuff all the time. <laughs> Visionaries. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. We've learned just the more we stay in our roles, the better it is. And so, Stacey, when I think about what you've done and what you've created, I mean, it really is helping people out there, helping them help companies grow to amazing companies. What's the biggest joy out of what you do? Really, my passion is untrapping entrepreneurs. And so when people are untrapped, that's so fulfilling for me. And for me, my why, and I anchor it to my father because my father was trapped and my mother was battling cancer and he ultimately passed. And we were able to get the businesses structured properly. But there are so many visionary entrepreneurs who are trapped in their businesses. And what it's impacting is their relationship with their spouse and their availability to their family. And to me, that matters because my father was at our dinner table conversations and he taught me about supply and demand and deferred gratification and discipline and teamwork. And that shaped me. So when we don't have that in the homes, it's an impact that is going to influence all of us in future generations. So for me, the joy is getting them free so that it can change their dinner table conversations. That's going to eventually change the world we're all living in. And I know yes. that's like a kumbaya big dream, but it's a ripple. No, effect. it is. It's a ripple yeah. effect. It starts somewhere. And really the home is the best place to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and truly most entrepreneurs will tell you the reason they got into business was for freedom. Yes. But most businesses are running them. Yes. And sometimes they forget that that's really where they're at. And when you realize and expose, and they all want a better way. Yes. But sometimes they just don't know what they don't know. Yes. And so it takes someone like Stacy to help unlock and give them their freedom back. Because mm -hmm. they've already built, most of the times, successful businesses on their own. They just need, like you said, you've got to go back to your three steps, which is yeah. architect, right? Build. Uh, build, and then... Operate. Operate. I wrote two down. <laughs> I didn't get the last <laughs> well, one. Well, good thing I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great stuff. So mm -hmm. if people want to learn more about your company, Stacy, where do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, I'd love to share a free report and webinar that I did with your audience. They can send an email to scale at organizedtoscale.com. And it goes through in more detail the three-step process of architect, build, and operate and how it might apply in your in your business. Yeah, I think I'm telling you right now, if you have any interest in building your business right, I mm -hmm. absolutely urge you to do that right now. In fact, if you are listening right now and you're like, oh, wait, what was it? Sure, the it's scale at organize2scale.com. 
All right. We'll put it in the show notes too, guys, so you can find it easily there as well. Make sure you take Stacy up on that and really find the time to, I promise you, I know this about her and her organization and the way she does things. You will not be let down. It will be good content. It will drive your business probably more than you know. So again, every time I've done something like what Stacy has to offer, I have a multitude of like benefits that have happened every damn time. Mm-hmm. And I'm a product of, of having people like Stacy in my life because I don't know it all. And sometimes I get confused on exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just need an outside person to say, hey, because they're really coming in it from you're looking in the business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're in the business working and we forget to, like, to step yeah. out and say, what am I doing? To work on the business. Even for me, I have outside influences too, because even if you know exactly what to do, and when you're the visionary in your own business, you're too close to it. And so you need to to have the exposure to blind spots and so forth that a third party can provide. Amen. Love it. Love it. Stacey, is there any books you've been reading that you'd like to share with the audience that you feel have really impacted you? I think the one book that has impacted me the most recently, as you can see, I have a big library, but have you read Dan Sullivan's book, The Gap in the Game? Uh-uh. Okay. This one has really impacted me. I'm type A, high D, want everything done yesterday. I set goals and phases. And one of the things that I think has robbed me of some of the joy in my journey is that the second I set a goal, it's say you want to, this is your goal and you're here. And then you make it to here. But once you get here, you say, okay, now my goal is up higher. So you're constantly moving your target. And then not only that, you're evaluating yourself based on you were here, you got here. You're evaluating your progress on the gap versus the gain. And so for me, it's starting to really celebrate the wins and recognize that actually I was here. I got here. I moved the goalpost, but I still made a lot of progress. And me helping to judge myself based on the gain and not the gap, it's actually helped me be a better leader too, to judge the team and what we accomplish as a company based on the gain and not the gap. It doesn't mean you don't still set goals and so forth, but that has helped me enjoy the journey more versus just the hard charging, never looking up to see right. how far you've come. You say the journey is actually the reward when you yeah. when you do it that way, mm-hmm. right? Oh, love it. Great, great share. Guys, again, that will be in the show notes for you to look after. If there's some advice that you, some last piece of advice you'd like to give our audience, what advice would you give either new entrepreneurs or ones that, are, that have somewhat established businesses? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I think you're doing great work. I think the world needs entrepreneurial leaders right now. And by doing what you're passionate about and serving the world in that way, it's making a difference. And it is going to be hard. It requires grit. But make sure you have your compelling why front and center because the why carries you through the ups and downs. And there will be ups and downs. Even if you do everything right, there's going to be ups and downs. And so surrounding yourselves with people that have that same mentality and then keeping your mission front and center carries you through. Amen. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Stacey, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Guys, listen, this is what we try to do each and every podcast is bring great talent just like Stacey onto the show. So make sure you don't keep us a secret. 
Pound the like button. Share it as often as you can. Guys, Stacy is a true testament of integrity, a vision to work your goals, to work your dream. Success is, doesn't come by happenstance. It is actually put in the mind. It starts in the mind as a vision, a dream. She's chased her dream. She's watered it. She's tended it. She's mended it. And look at her. And she's taken what she's learned. And now she's sharing it with other businesses. What a wonderful, thriving opportunity to radiate and touch more than just her own little thing, guys. That is what she's sharing. Guys, success doesn't happen by chance. It starts with a dream, and if you believe it, you can achieve it, and your paradise is possible.